beautiful human. Welcome to another episode of A Braver Brand, the podcast. I'm your host, as always, Kate K. McCarthy. And y'all, I cannot believe that I am coming to you in the middle of June. Cannot believe that it is already the middle of June. And I cannot believe that season two ends at the end of July, which means that today's episode is one of our last four episodes of season two which is so bittersweet, but also means that it's just, I'm working behind the scenes to get stuff ready for y'all. This September for season three, we're bringing so many good things your way in September, but um, make sure that for these last four episodes, you are subscribed, that you've left a review if you so feel called, um, and that you are ready for September when season three is going to hit the airwaves. And... um, I'm just so excited about today's episode. There are certain episodes that when I get the chance to re-listen to the conversations and edit them, that I just get giddy knowing that I get to share them with you. And today's episode is one of those with my dear friend, Shelby Payne Shire. And that conversation is coming to you, but I wanted to make sure that you knew about something um, in the meantime. In our conversation, you're going to hear Shelby and I talk a ton about intentional living and intentional business practices. And today's announcement is wholly in line with that. And I'm so excited to be able to share it with you. If you are not following me on Instagram, if you do not get my emails, which y'all, I would love to meet you in those spaces. I'm on Instagram at Kate K. McCarthy, and you can sign up for my emails and get a free goodie while you're at it at katekmccarthy.com. But in case you aren't in those spaces, and this is the only place that we meet every couple of weeks, I wanted to make sure that you knew something. I have a brand new, well, brand new for the internet, brand new officially um, set of uh, services that I've just shared with the world starting in June. Um, I've been working like this behind the scenes for a really long time, but I thought it was fine time for it to make it out into the world because y'all, I have news for you. There is no one size fits all coaching or mentorship package, right? And to pretend that there is, well, quite frankly, it is a detriment to your work. It is a detriment to your impact. And it is a detriment to what it takes to build a business that is you all the way through and through, right? Just like you and your work in the world and the business that you've built around it, the support that you need is entirely unique. It has to take into account who you are from your creative learning edges to your personal learning and implementation process from the patterns that have kept you safe and small so far to your big goals and those even bigger dreams. It has to work with a rhythm and a regularity that is designed to help you take forward-moving, transformative, brave action, which is the kind of action that moves you forward, all without foregoing the self-care and the self-reflection that is necessary for long-term sustainable success. For some human beings, a single session or two is enough. It's enough to jumpstart powerful momentum and ignite change and get you moving. For others, it takes regular weekly or biweekly support um, to provide continued accountability and deepened clarity and really wholehearted strategy for brave and aligned action. It takes all of that to build a business that feels like you. And that 
is why I created my bespoke mentorships. So if you are interested in really personalized um, processes in making sure that the support that you get really matches who you are, the goals that you have, and the way that you work, which y'all... Um, it's hard to find in this world. Make sure that you head to katekmccarthy.com slash services to learn more. They are brand new out in the world. Like I said, I've been working on on uh, serving my clients with them for a really long time now, and I thought that it was high time for it to make it out onto the website and into your hands. So katekmccarthy.com slash services, and you'll find it there. And it's, everything's linked in the show notes. You know that. All right. Now to the good stuff. Today's conversation is with my dear friend, Shelby Payne Shire. Not only is she a great friend and a tremendous business model, in my mind, she is also um, my photographer. So if you've been on my Instagram feed, you've seen photos from her. Um, But Shelby uh, is a portrait wedding engagement and people photographer, and I'm so excited to be bringing her to the podcast where we talk all things intentional living, personal and business evolution, how to charge for your creative work, and why she makes the choices she makes in choosing what she charges. Oh, try to say that five times fast. Um, And the choices that we make in service of a life that we love. It is deeply honest, entirely real, and such a gift to share with you. So without further ado, here is Shelby. Shelby, my friend, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, and thanks for chatting with me this morning. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Um, For those of y'all who are just tuning in, you've heard a little bit about Shelby in our intro, Um, but Shelby is a dear friend, one of my like new, within the last two years, I guess has been since we've met, since the wedding, Um, Uh uh, new favorite people in business to follow, and also you are my photographer for all of my brand photos, and they're so... Beautiful. I still am shocked at like how oh. gorgeous my home and my face showed up. So <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Um, but thank you for being here. I just uh am so grateful to be able to have this conversation. And um before we dive into all of it, um, as is appropriate, I would love for the humans listening to be able to get to know you a little bit. So if you can share a little bit about who you are and what you do and what has led you to doing this work in the world. Yeah, great question. Um, I feel like I could go on and on and on as photography and my business has been a part of my life since a really young age. I grew up in Olympia, Washington, and I currently live in Olympia, Washington. And when I was 15, I started taking photos started taking photos of my brother and his friends skiing. Um, I thought I wanted to be a ski photographer. I wanted to go to the X Games and take photos of all my friends skiing. And So um, badass. I know. I was like really gung-ho about it and really stoked on that idea. And I got stoked on that idea in the first place because I injured my knee skiing. And it was this really bummer thing. I was so disappointed. And my mom said, well, you can just take pictures of them skiing. You do that anyway. So I could muster up the energy to do that. So I started doing little ski photography, making silly videos with my friends. And then that turned into taking photos of other things in my friend's life. And then I got a nicer camera Then my friend's 
started asking me to do their senior photos. And then that morphed into my friends starting to get engaged after high school and then doing engagement photos and wedding photos and kind of everything in between taking photos of my friend's family. So my photography and my business, and it really has been intertwined into my adolescent and adult life. Um, and it's taken different forms as I've grown and as I've learned new things. Um, and I went to school at Western Washington University. I was tempted to study arts and study photography because it was something that I loved and I really enjoyed doing. And but I was just kind of stuck. I was thinking, like, this isn't as fulfilling as maybe something else could be. So I wanted it to be a part of my life. But I didn't know how I could incorporate something else to study and also do photography. So I thought about it for a while and I ended up picking sociology. So I studied sociology. Um, I graduated with a degree in sociology, communications and human geography. And human geography. uh, Yeah. So I suppose technically it's environmental studies with an emphasis in human geography. So studying patterns of people and how they move through the world, how they move through their life, and how they interact with the physical geography, such as lakes, oceans, mountains, rivers, cities, that kind of sort of thing. Fascinating. Yeah. So I felt like studying those things was super invigorating to my photography and gave it a whole new meaning of how I chose to see the world, how I chose to see people, how I learned to study people and communicate with people and just learn about people, which gave me better tools and more tools for creating the business I have now of being a photographer who not only photographs weddings, portraits, et cetera, et cetera, but being somebody who considers themselves more of a journalistic photographer, somebody who captures people how they are, captures events how they happen, and wanting to be a truth-telling photographer um, in a world and in society full of really pretty pictures and really staged, elaborate things. And um, I've beginning, or I've began to find my me- meaning in that and try to develop my business kind of around that idea. And, um, it's taken a lot of time. I've been taking photos for, oh gosh, 10 years now. Yeah. Yeah, So, um, and I'm, I am under the impression that I'll always be evolving and always be changing and my business will do the same thing. And my meaning and my passion behind my business will continue to evolve too. And I'm happy with where I'm at now, but I'm excited to see what happens in the future? I love the idea one of like not being um, set as like this is the one thing that I'm going to be doing and the one way that I'm going to be showing up for the rest of my life because I mean quite frankly that gives me like heart palpitations the idea of like one thing forever um, but also like giving yourself especially as in such a uh, creative medium like if your work doesn't evolve, it means that you aren't evolving. Yeah. Um, and that would be such a deep tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious about for you, when you were saying that you were like 
when you lean into that like journalistic truth telling side, how does that show up? Um, whether it's like within like the portrait sessions and wedding photography that you do and, and outside, like how does that inform and show up within your work? Yeah, that's a great question. I would say my approach to photography and business and just life in general is wanting to be very people focused and getting to know the subjects that I'm working with so then I can understand them deeper and therefore capture them more like to true to who they are. If I don't yeah. know somebody, I can assume, oh, okay, they this is kind of their personality or they kind of like doing this or I can make assumptions and sometimes my mm-hmm. assumptions can be close to correct, but actually getting to know people and taking the time and energy to connect and ask questions and be curious. And sometimes that's not, that's not for everyone. Some clients want to just hire somebody and get it done and move on. But I've found that the people that I've been able to work with really value friendship and really value the connection and value the relationship that we have together. So by getting to know them and by creating these friendships, I'm able to then tell their story more fully um, and more boldly and then mold the relational side with an artistic side and artistically express their, their life and who they are in the moment that I'm capturing, whether it's their senior photos or a family reunion or their wedding day. Um, so kind of bringing in all of those elements and then hopefully my hope and goal and dream is that that shows up in the images that they receive back, that they don't, that they look at all of the photos and say, wow, this is a really great picture of who I am, or this is a great picture of what um, that day was about, or a great picture of the family that I'm part of. And so that's really my goal and hope. Yeah. Well, as somebody who has been the recipient of many photos of yours, um, so you and I met officially, we met on the internet, of course, because that's where everybody meets. But um, (laughs) we met officially at our dear friend's wedding that you were shooting. And I vividly remember my husband and I officiated. So we were a part of like all the photos at the beginning. And um, you asked, I don't even remember what question you asked. You must have asked like what I loved most about the bride or something like that. And in that moment, which just felt like – it felt like such a beauty. It could be so staged, right? Like it could just be like plastered smiles. In that moment, I could feel my face, like my cheeks relaxing. Yeah. And like uh-huh. my body shifted. And I know that like what came out was more true and real than what would have been there before. And I almost feel like that's the same. Like I see uh, little glimpses of how, you know, your work as a photographer and my work as a coach um they're similar in the sense of like if we ask the right questions mm-hmm. we're able to bring something out in that moment that wouldn't be there if we just focused on like the tangible like get her done <laughs> yes. you know check off the box take the photo you know get the strategy whatever it is um and i love that you ask those questions because i've felt in myself like the physiological response yeah. of being more cued into the moment 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's spot on. I really do think people getting, okay, I should back up. Getting your photo taken is very weird. It's vulnerable. It's something that people typically don't do often, usually for these big life things, or it's a special occasion. And because of that, people, they feel very awkward and understandably so. I've gotten my photo taken, and as somebody who's photographed hundreds of people, I still feel awkward. And so asking people questions and getting people comfortable, not only with me, but with the person that they're taking photos with, whether that's their partner, fiance, family, brother, sister, whatever, it allows them to relax a little bit and realize that I'm, it's not, there's not a wall between us. There's not a wall between the camera and them. It's like, we're working and collaborating together. And, um, I think people respond really well to those questions that I try to ask. Sometimes I think it catches people off guard. Um, but I hope that, um, people receive them well. I have a question for you in terms of kind of the business, the way the business, um, came to be right. So like for you, you started taking uh, photographs for the pure joy of it or because, you know, you had hurt yourself and what is yeah. there to do except for take photos? Um, how did that grow into the business and how have you been able to incorporate the business into your life? Because what I'm, what I heard you say when you were taking photographs in college is that the photographs alone weren't interesting enough, right? That, that like something about it, um, needed to be different. And part of that is like, the journalism, truth-telling, um, relational um, friendship side of things. Um, but I know that another part of it has to be like, what does life look like outside of that work as well? So how did you come to like start charging <laughs> yeah. for these things? And then how have you been able to build that business into um, your life? Yeah, absolutely. Money is one of those very, very awkward things. Yeah. <laughs> um, that people, and especially being a young person, it's a very awkward thing to navigate and try to understand like how to price yourself and how to price your services. And it can be very, just incredibly personal, um, especially if you say, I am worth this much. And if somebody doesn't um, receive that or affirm that and they're like no no way that's way too much and photography is an industry where it's incredibly competitive there's a lot of photographers and um prices vary from region to region right um even just in the south sound but that said being a young person whether in high school or college I had the ability to kind of have insight into what my peers and what other people we're looking for in a business, somebody who was affordable, somebody who had good customer service, someone who was relatable, someone who was creative and saw things differently. Um, and because of that, pricing myself was challenging, mm-hmm. but I wanted to make sure that I was affordable for people my age. I wanted people my age and older, of course, but I wanted to be an affordable photographer that could 
capture really amazing moments for somebody at a reasonable price. I wanted to give that gift to people. And sometimes that was challenging because I had to figure out, okay, what does my lifestyle look like? What can I afford? Am I charging way too less? And I'm not making enough to um, have the lifestyle that I had. Am I charging too much? Um, and so finding that sweet spot was honestly kind of awkward and very weird. And in over the past, like past four years, I've been able to kind of rein in just an idea of, okay, this is what people in my area are willing to pay. This is what I'm willing to give for that cost. And this is what I feel like I can offer with my lifestyle. And also I see my photography as a way to serve people. So I don't, I would never want to charge somebody an astronomical amount that they would be struggling to afford when I believe photography and capturing people as they are is so important, especially with wedding photography. Right. I wait for people to skimp and be like, oh my, you know, my budget is, this and I sorry I can't afford somebody who might capture my day because right. that is the most important thing I mean trust me I have tasted so many cakes at weddings <laughs> I've ate all the donuts on the donut walls those things are great and they're fantastic and people enjoy them but what's gonna last are images that you can reflect on and so I really wanted my pricing and the way I did business to reflect my desire to give that to people. Not letting pricing get in the way of the process either way, like not letting it be so low that you were like, okay, well, I'm not going to be able to afford rent or gas or whatever, but also not having it be so high that people were less than themselves when they show up for the big day. Yes. And realistically, like, I don't want to hate on anyone who has much higher prices than I do. Um, but for me, I didn't want, I didn't feel like I could in my good conscience say, I'm going to charge people double, triple what I'm already charging because I wanted to be accessible and I, and I could because of my lifestyle and perhaps I could charge more, but, um, I just don't see that as, a way to go right now. Um, maybe in the future, as I said, I'm open to kind of reconstructing things and changing how my business structure is. But right now I just think it's really important to be accessible to a variety of people and a variety of incomes. I offer a lot of different, um, pricing structures to people, whether they need full day wedding coverage or just a few hours and, we work it out. I've done trades, which is really fun and funky. My favorite trade is I did some family photos for some farmers, and they traded me organic chickens, the frozen chicken, oh and food from their garden, blueberries, snap peas, lettuce, eggs. It was great, and some bread. And I loved that. I love that I could trade my services and something I'm so proud of in my art with somebody else's art. I've traded services with um, hairstylists and estheticians. And um, I just, it's a great opportunity to give back. Yeah. And 
use what I have to kind of, yeah, do things a little bit differently. Yeah, I think that's beautiful. You had touched on, and you and I have talked quite a bit about this in our conversations, but um, you had touched on like, what kind of lifestyle am I going to live? Um, and I think that when it comes to when it comes to pricing, when it comes to business, not just because not just like the fees that we charge, but also like the number of clients we take on, the business structure that we create, the things that we offer. Um, all of that has to be in service to the kind of lifestyle that we want to live. So when I see you, I see like deep intentionality that goes into so many different aspects of your life. And I'm wondering if you can talk about like what kind of life do you get to build having the business that you have and like what have been some of the um, priorities that you've set in place to make sure that that um, is first and foremost? Yeah. I am really lucky to have a business that gives me incredible flexibility. Mm -hmm. However, um, I have some structure (laughs) to it, um, which is necessary to keep things going, to keep the car rolling down the hill. Like we need (laughs) to, you know, have structure. However, I, I don't know if you're familiar with the Enneagram. Oh, heck yeah. Okay. So as an Enneagram 7, I love to experience life. I love to see the world in new ways, experience new hobbies, experience life with people. And that also ties into my business. I want to be able to have a flexible work life so that I can have a flexible personal life and an invigorating personal life. Yeah. Um, In my home life, my husband and I made the decision to build a tiny home a couple years ago. We've been living in it for almost a year now. And having the lifestyle of a tiny home allows us to have much more flexibility with our life and with our income. Yeah, And our lifestyle has opened up a lot more because of our kind of minimalism. Mm-hmm. And that's been a really big blessing for us as we've learned the numerous ways that we can give back because our lifestyle is pretty, um, oh gosh, I don't know how to say it. Um, I feel like the word minimal is minimalism works, but it's like, uh, it's so like every bit of it feels, at least from the outside, like an intentional choice. Yes. Absolutely. Yes, it is very intentional. And that's something that we try to weave into, like I said, our personal life, our businesses, um, and the just the work that we do in our everyday life. And some ways that intentionality has manifest in our life is where we spend our time, where we spend our money, the type of um, just the friends we have in our life. We both live in our hometown of Olympia where I started my business and that was an intentional move to be in our community mm. and give back to the community that we were raised in. And we find a lot of value in that. Um, we think there's a lot of wonderful places throughout the U.S. and throughout the world and even throughout Washington State and maybe we'll end up somewhere else someday. But we feel really lucky that we get to be in our community and get to be part of that. We get to work in it. Um, Most of my clients are 
from Olympia or from the South Sound, which allows me to connect with them more, to meet up with them, grab coffee with them, talk about their wedding days, talk about their family reunion and all the photos that they're wanting. It gives me the opportunity to do that. And it also, the lifestyle we have gives me the opportunity to experience friendships deeper, experience work deeper and travel more, um, build in a lot of fun to our life, which we're super grateful for because for me, as somebody who wants to be experiencing things often, sometimes work can feel like it's holding me back a little bit because it's like, oh, I have all this work to do. And, but I feel like this deep desire to fulfill like the needs of my clients and to work with my clients. But, um, yeah. What are some of the choices that you've made in business um, in particular, whether, I mean, it could be you or it could be Zach, um, that y'all have made uh, within like your work life to make sure that that lifestyle is protected? Does that make sense? Like, have there been times where like in your business, you had mentioned, you know, like sometimes it feels like there's so much work to do that you can't have that freedom. Have there been times where you've been forced to choose and how do you make your life the priority, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, there have definitely been times that I've been forced to choose. However, it's not a forever thing. And I think keeping that in mind is really important and super valuable of realizing, okay, this is just a season, which my work is pretty seasonal. My busiest time is from May to December. And then the off season, I do other portrait work and whatnot. But I tell myself again and again, like there is meaning in what I'm doing. There's value in what I'm doing and there's intention in what I'm doing. And that translates into my personal life and um, just Zach and I's lifestyle as well. There's meaning and there's intention and there's value in the way that we choose to live minimally. And because of our tiny home and the low cost living that that brings, we're really lucky that we get to choose different business ventures or like different ways of doing business, whether that means taking on less clients and giving more to the clients that I have and giving myself more fully to them instead of taking on, let's say, 25 weddings a year, I can take on 18 and just really um, be invested in those people and not spread myself thin. And I'm able to do that because of the lifestyle we have. So that was definitely a choice that we made um, because that was really important to me. I didn't want to give a half-assed version of myself to my clients anymore. And that's what I was doing for a really long time, especially when I was in college. I was doing photography full time. And I was so busy and spread thin. And I didn't feel like I was giving my best self to my clients. And that's what they deserve. So and I understand that not everyone has the privilege of choosing their living situation. And we feel super lucky with having that option and being able to be flexible with that. Um, have you ever had anybody question it? 
Um, living in the tiny home. Yeah. Or just like any of, I mean, like whether it's like keeping your prices lower to be accessible or living in the tiny home or having the chickens or whatever it is. Yes. That's a great question. Absolutely. Because it's not necessarily traditional. And when somebody looks at really anyone's life, they can say, oh, they're kind of going against the grain or like they're kind of doing things a little differently. Like that's a little weird. That makes me uncomfortable. Um, so we've definitely had people question the tiny home. People think it's pretty bonkers. Um, I think it's pretty great, but that's just my personal opinion, obviously. Well, thank goodness. Yeah, it's so much fun. Um, that said with business, I've definitely had people question how I did business. And I think that also, unfortunately comes from my age that I am pretty young. I'm only 25 yeah. and there's a lot of older photographers in the business and I respect them, look up to them in a variety of ways. But I think there's a, especially in the last couple of years and really the last one to three years, there's been a huge rush of a lot of younger new photographers and and a whole new style of doing things and a new style of doing business. So it makes how I'm doing it a little more normal, normalizes it a little bit. But when I first really jumped into full-time work, when I was about 20 or 21, people I think thought I was a little nuts. Um, And there were a lot of lessons learned of what worked and what didn't work. And but communicating that to people and feeling like I owed people an explanation really didn't help. Yeah. Because um, sometimes people want that. They want you to explain why what you're doing is the best thing ever and prove to them. And really, like, I could have tried my best to prove it instantaneously or really quickly. But I hope that when people look at my business and they look at my life and just the way I choose to incorporate both of those things together, I hope they think that I'm doing, I'm doing okay. And that I'm running a business that's true to myself and true to the people that I'm working with and true to the community that I belong to and the community that I serve. And yeah, I, I haven't gotten any, Thank you. Yeah. I think that a lot of us, I mean, no matter what if you're doing anything that's different from the norm, whether it's like within your industry or from people outside, you are bound to have people question. Um, and having like that self-assurance of like, okay, but I know what's important to me. And like every choice I make is in honor of that. Um, it doesn't necessarily make it easier because people still uh, will ask questions or make judgments or whatever, but it certainly makes it... Um, a little more grounded and centered and like that inner knowing stays clear, if that makes sense. Yes, absolutely. And that requires me to be just very in touch with myself and to ask myself often, am I being true to myself? And am I being true to the business that I want to cultivate and I want to give others? And sometimes that sometimes that answer is, no, I'm not being true to myself. And then I have to do the challenging work of figuring out, okay, how do I get back to that place yeah. of being true and being honest and doing what I feel like is the best option and just living with intention in that regard. Beautiful. I could not agree more. And I love that you do that consistent 
get that self-awareness regularly because I think it's not a one and done kind of thing. So um, as we wrap up, as you know, I always have two questions that I ask my beautiful guests. The first of which is who or what makes you feel your bravest? Oh, I love that question. And it just gave me goosebumps because there's so many things that make me feel brave. But if I had to narrow it down, I think being honest and true makes me feel the bravest living life with intention and acknowledging justice and wanting to work towards that makes me feel the bravest and knowing just women in general who make me feel brave, whether that's my family, my friends, women who have gone before me and women I don't know. Um, women really empower me and make me feel brave as well as nature. Nature yeah. is a very humbling thing and it's a very um, consistent thing in my life and integrated into the photos I take. It's integrated into my business and into my life. We live on a little tiny micro farm. And I think nature is always inspiring and makes me feel brave. Beautiful. Oh, I love it. Where can our listeners um, find you, follow you, learn more about you? Yeah. So something that's unique about my photography business is I don't actually post anything really on Instagram, whereas a lot of photographers do, but you can find me on Instagram. It's my personal Instagram. You can learn more about me there and our life at Shelby A. Payne. And you can find my photo work at shelbypainphotography.com. And you can connect with me there. Send me an email. Um, look through my work. And if you have, if anyone has any more questions or wants to chat, I'm all ears. Oh, you're so Bye. wonderful. Thank you again for being here this morning. For I just love, I love like the energy with which you and your partner uh, like approach life because I think that it's. Um, it's a conversation that I think all of us want to be having about our lives, but I don't know that um, a lot of us are in the space to be able to have it, to be able to figure out like whether or not our businesses, our careers, whatever it is, is actually serving the lifestyle that we want, or if we're just, you know, building up what other people say we should want. So um, thank you for that. Y'all should follow Shelby on Instagram. She has an amazing feed, mostly because there are so many pictures of chickens. Um <laughs> And I love them. I love getting to see them um, and little glimpses of um, of y'all's life because uh, they're beautiful and meaningful. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you for having me and taking the time to chat and talk to a variety of people who might be doing things a little differently because people like you, it normalizes things and it helps people feel braver in who they are in their life and also in their business. Mm, thank you for saying that. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to A Braver Brand. To find more resources, show notes, and exclusives, head to www.katekmccarthy.com. If you loved this episode, make sure that you subscribe on your favorite podcast app. And while you're at it, leave a rating and review. Our work relies on listeners like you, and we're grateful each and every time you spread the word. Whether this is your first episode or you've listened to us since day one, you know that I am all about Instagram. Come find me at K.
Kate K. McCarthy, and then reach out and say hi. I adore you already. Thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. A Braver Brand is produced by me and my slam bang behind the scenes team. Catch you next time.